The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. On Classic Hits. It is Niall Boylan with you. Right through to 2 o'clock this afternoon. We will be talking about lots of things non-COVID related a little bit later on. Including, by the way, a decline in the HPV vaccine, of course. Because many kids weren't in school didn't get their vaccinations and it's really important that we get the message out there that in relation to HPV it is life-saving for young women in particular when it comes to cervical cancer and we do want to talk to somebody about very important about that a little bit later on just after one o'clock also is there anything wrong with being a snob we got a very interesting message from somebody who said his uh, best friend's a new girlfriend or boyfriend is a complete and utter snob girlfriend should I say is a complete and utter snob and he doesn't like her um, well, you know, I, I don't know about the word snob. It just means that people have standards, doesn't it? And um, just getting to COVID-19, of course, every day we wake up, it's another decision, uh, another episode of the Claire Burns Show or Primetime where something has been said. And I'm going to come and a lot of people didn't see or hear, um, you know, the comments made by Leo Varadkar. They're tarnished uh, in relation to the decisions made by Neffet and this mess that's going on at the moment. And it seems to be a breakdown between the HSE, Neffet and the government. I'll play those clips of audio for you very shortly in case you missed it last night. But it does seem that Leo has kind of gone rogue on this one. A lot of people giving out to him. But to be honest with you, when you listen to what he has to say, probably for the first time in six or seven months, I actually completely agree with him and what he said. And I've been asked to apologise for a tweet that I put up last night, but I'm not going to apologise. I actually retweeted uh, my next guest, who is Adrian Cummins, who I'm going to speak to in a few minutes, uh, from the, who's the CEO of the Restaurants Association. I retweeted him and I said, let's spare a thought for all the 180,000 hardworking staff in the hospitality sector who could potentially permanently lose their jobs, as clearly Neffet have not spared a thought for the hardship they are creating for them and many more of the citizens around this country. Now, Ronan Glynn from Neffet has said in the past that the uh, decisions they made will not be detect- dictated to uh, by the sector and the hospitality sector. But on the line is Adrian Cummins, who is the CEO of the Restaurants Association of Ireland. Adrian, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, man. I have to say, you know, this is another day where the hospitality sector must be going, what next and how are we going to recover from this just when we thought things were getting better? I mean, only today, for example, to give you an example here at the radio station, we had an advertising campaign um, that would have pulled away from us because it was to promote uh, staycations and staying in Ireland for a holiday. And this was going to help, of course, hoteliers and the hospitality sector to try and get, you know, people in the doors. But that has to be cancelled now until this three-week period is up. How are your members feeling today? Deflated, worried, stressed. Um, that's, that's members and that's people that work in our industry as well. Um, it, was, it was a black day yesterday right across the country. I know Dublin was in... Uh, and is in uh, a lockdown for hospitality. And that has been uh, extended now for another three weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people don't see any end in sight for our industry. People now are saying to me that they feel that there will be lockdown until next year uh, in hospitality, that they won't have a job, they won't have a business to, to open up. And a lot of people that have a business are so worried now about losing their business. Um, you know the the amount of phone calls that we're getting from people that are that absolutely need uh, um, professional counselling. In my opinion, there has to be a dedicated counselling service put in place now. Um, we're not 
we're not experts in, in that in that area, and I think that's a matter of, of course dealing with the anxiety and the worry, <laughs> the financial worry as well of owning a hotel or owning a business or a restaurant or a bar. Absolutely, the financial worry because the banks have you know, the moratorium is gone now after six months, and banks are now knocking on the door looking for their money. You got the revenue party. commissioners will be looking for their slice yeah, of the action. Yeah. Dublin City Council are looking for their rates. Um, peop, um, I'm sure suppliers will be looking for their money as well. It, this is just seems to be a never-ending... See, uh, for people who don't understand this, for a shop, don't get me wrong, this is bad for every business, but for a shop, they'll open up, they'll do a bit of business. If they have to close during lockdown periods, they'll close, and it's devastating for them, by the way, for their business, but they can reopen again and start again. But for a hotel people plan ahead to book into a hotel. So if somebody, if we're constantly having these lockdowns, if I'm thinking, well, I'm off in November for a few days, I'm not going to book a hotel in Galway or a hotel in Cork or a hotel in Clare or where they have it, Killarney, whatever it happens to be, because I'm thinking, are they going to be in lockdown at the time? Am I going to be allowed to leave the, the county to go there? So it's affect, this knock-on effect is affecting them permanently, not just for the lockdown periods. True, and... You know, it's, what we're trying to do is keep our doors open. And we look at every other European country uh, where there is no ban on indoor dining for restaurants. There may be in Paris for bars and, and cafes, but their restaurants are still open and they're still serving meals. And in Ireland, we seem to be an outlier in all of Europe. And we're asked, we've asked for this evidence to be published why we, you know, why we seem to be getting the full brunt. Of but they, didn't they produce a story last week in relation to two people who had been away on a staycation, uh, went to a restaurant, passed it on to three staff and six people? Now, don't get me wrong. I personally think that story could uh, could equate to anything. We don't know if the six people they passed it on to got it somewhere else, but Neffet are assuming they did through their contact tracing. And again, that that is a story of how these things spread. But you could. You could equate that to any sector, couldn't you, really, I suppose? You can, Niall. And it seems to me that every time when somebody asks, asks a question of Neffet or puts them under pressure to, to provide answers, they, they push back very, very aggressively with their... Uh, I won't use the word propaganda, that's not the right word, but they use their PR spin to try and suppress... Um, my business owners that are genuinely asking questions, why are we being targeted for this? And I can, I, you know, every business owner has rang me since yesterday evening. They all say to me in unison, in three weeks' time, we don't believe the cases will come down. No. And we feel that we'll be back to square one. And then at three weeks' time, there'll be another extension for us. And the government still won't tackle the real issue, in our opinion, is those people that that are blatantly um, not abiding by the guidelines. There's no economic penalty for those, but there's an economic penalty for business owners uh, mm. because their business is now closed. Um, but those that are, uh, you know, organising house parties, that those students are congregating with no face masks. Well, I mean, uh, those- isn't the very reason that people are sadly organising house parties, which Neffet are saying, obviously, is the main contributing factor to the increase in cases because people are being together. And look, on human nature, people will always try and be together. But, it, the, the, I mean, the very idea of closing places where we can go uh, and sit down in a supervised fashion, be it in a hotel lobby or in a, in a hotel restaurant or in a restaurant or in a bar, a gastro bar, 
I mean, the very idea that we close those places, surely that, by its very logic, encourages people to go out and do things that are irresponsible. Absolutely, Niall. And I've, I've seen it in, uh, I've seen the photographs from parts of the country where uh, Freshers' Week is on and the off-license are open at 10 o'clock in the morning and there's a queue outside for, the, for, for to buy the cheap, cheap alcohol to organise the party from 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, that was in Cork last week. You saw the scenes on social media over the weekend where people just didn't, so there was no social distancing after uh, after GA matches. Uh, you know, this seems to be spiralling on and on and on. But who who's taking the brunt of it? It's the pub okay. owners, okay. the restaurant uh, owners, and how many, many of you, I mean, there's 880,000 people. Is that directly working for the industry or is that including subcontractors and other people who may be affected by the sector? It's a hundred. It's 180,000 people across the country that work directly in hospitality that will lose their jobs this week. Okay, that's and that's not including, and I want to point out again, for example, no. here at the radio station, we had a, a campaign organised, was supposed to start very shortly, and that campaign would have been taken away from us because, of course, it was to promote the idea of eating out in Ireland and staycation in Ireland that has been promoted uh, by the country. Many other radio stations would be affected by that. Uh, other catering companies, for example, companies who would supply food and drink to these restaurants, they're all affected by this. So there's a massive knock-on effect uh, to all different parts of the industry. But how many of those do you think could lose their business if this continues, the opening up, closing down, opening up and closing down. And for Dublin, by the way, this is now going to be five weeks, not just three. For the rest of the country, it's three. How many of those do you think will end up closing down permanently? I said, um, I said back in June uh, in a press release that we predicted every second business would close. And I think we're at that, at that stage now in, for, for small businesses like restaurants. I think we're at that stage where we will be looking at every second business will be closing in in, in hospitality and may not return, may not reopen. Um, and the smaller the business, the more difficult it will be for them to reopen. And these are jobs, that. of course, mainly for a lot of young people working in these industries, of course, as well, in the restaurants and the bars and everything else. Uh, by the way, in relation to, there was obviously uh, mentioned last week that Press Up, who own a number of bars and restaurants, uh, said they were going to take a legal action against the state on Friday, because, of course, Friday was the day they were meant to reopen again, of course, but that's not going to happen now because we've gone into lockdown or into level three, so to speak, uh, for the next three weeks. Um, have you heard any more about that? And are other hotels or bars or restaurants planning on joining them in that uh, lawsuit? Um, I haven't heard of any other bars or restaurants joining them in the lawsuit. Um, all I know is that Press Up had given, had gave the government until... Uh, the 10th of October. 10th of October, which is today, isn't it? It's Tuesday. Uh, or, sorry, the 10th of October. It's Friday, isn't it? Uh, Friday. Yeah. To come, back with a, to come back with a decision. So that'll be... That's a decision for Press Up to go ahead. And I know that there's a huge amount of support right across the industry for their, for their action. Um, going to the High Court is not cheap. Everybody knows that. Um, and let's see how that case progresses. Do they, do they uh, believe that the decision by Neffet and the state to close restaurants without providing them with enough evidence that um, you know, it's in the best interest of health, um, do they believe that would be maybe unconstitutional? Is that the argument that they're making? I presume so. I, don't, I haven't seen the exact... Um, uh, detail around their argument, their legal argument for it. All I, what I do know is that it will be, it will be 
and I presume, sorry, I, I'm, it's a presumption that it be, will be around the property rights mm-hmm. of running their business. And I think that's the case. That's where they will they will go with the case. But I will I have to say this is that <clears throat> we haven't seen the evidence why uh, Neffet are closing our industry down. Um, they they haven't published it. They've been asked by the COVID Committee to do so, and uh, that hasn't been furnished yet. And if we can see the evidence. Uh, and the medical evidence, and, and not just a guess, by the way. You want not, actually, not just a guess. Yeah, this isn't. This shouldn't be some article in a newspaper in some somewhere in the world that uh, two people got COVID inside in a restaurant. This should be a scientific uh, analysis. Yes, it ju- a, a scientific analysis. In other words, not just some sort of anecdotal story of two people who sped it to six yeah. and exactly our two staff. You want some sort of evidence that across the board this is an issue or a problem. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I think it's important that that's, uh, that is that is uh, furnished as quickly okay. as possible. All right. So, um, you know, we want to see that, and we want to, we want that to happen as quickly as possible, so that everybody has confidence in the in the way that we're going. I I feel that our industry don't have confidence at the moment. I'm getting that uh, that sense right across the country. So you're getting a sense of we're not all in this together anymore. Absolutely. Is that the sense you're getting? Absolutely. I think that I think that day finished. Uh, three, uh, two, nearly three weeks ago when Dublin went into, into a lockdown uh, people felt that we were being singled out and we said that and we were given um, six hours notice with, the, with, with that announcement uh, and things, you know um, last, last Friday Nessus issued a letter and said there was no they didn't expect things to move uh, into a higher restriction two days later they came out with a um, an, earth, uh, an earthquake of a letter that uh, uh, stated that we need to move Ireland into a full and immediate lockdown. How do, how over two days has that come about? I think questions have to be asked. Well, 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 we're back, we're back to that situation again, Adrian. Because if you were listening to Stephen Donnelly this morning, of course, and of, of course what was said yesterday by Michal Martin, not by obviously Tisha Cleo Radke last night, or Tisha Cleo Radke last night. We'll talk about that more with our, our listeners in a few minutes. But what was said yesterday and again this morning was that you know kind of, if you don't behave yourselves, you're going into level four and five. And even yesterday it was mentioned level six, seven, eight and nine. I don't know what nine is. I think that's where the guardies stand outside your house and don't let you leave. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, if we go into level four or five and hotels and bars and restaurants have to physically close, not even serving outside. By the way, serving outside is probably not much use in this country at the moment with the weather we have here. It's not really feasible for 15 people to be serving outside anyway for a lot of places. But, you know, if they have to completely close altogether, this is just devastating, not just for your industry, by the way, I know for every industry, um, but it seems to be particularly the, the, the hospitality sector that's been badly affected. I have friends who work in the nightclub industry, they haven't been open since March. Absolutely, um, yeah, and, those, and those areas like nightclubs, the events industry, the music industry, but I'll say, say this, Niall, as well, we've had six months now to prepare for this second wave, harsh winter, all of, that, all of those uh, analogies for the health service. What has the what has the officials been doing for the last six months? Well, according to Leo, last night they've been providing extra beds, extra, extra ICU beds. But then, according to Leo, and we're going to talk about that in a second, uh, Neffet haven't been communicating with the HSC at all in relation to the decisions that are made that they particularly made on Sunday. Uh, but mm. look, it's interesting times and sad times. And Adrian, I wish you well, and I wish all your members well, and everybody connected to your industry as well, because it's mm. a very tough time. And I really hope everybody gets through this, because if they want everybody to be in this together, everybody has to be supported 
it together by the Minister Pascal Donoghue too when it comes to the finances and the revenue commissioners and the county councils for the rates need to lay off people uh, because people's mental health is going to be very badly affected by this whole thing. Listen, Adrian, I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank, Thank you very much. Adrian Thank Cummins, you. who's the CEO uh, of the Restaurant Association of Ireland.